0: Welcome to the I Work Zone. I hope you're never the same. Colossians 3, 23, 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As for working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you are receiving an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving and a lot of us have a hard time trying to figure out what does that mean what does lord really mean and i like to draw this visual it's a little sideways so those of you been growing up in the church all your life people are gonna have a little hard time with this but when we think of lord what does it mean to have a lord well think about star wars okay and think about lord vader when lord vader walked into a room people knew that he deserved the respect they didn't mess with him. they knew that when he said to do something they just did it Okay, well, our Lord Jesus isn't like Lord Vader, obviously. He was from the dark side of the Force. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And when he asks us to do something, why is it we sometimes treat him like a consultant instead of our Lord and our King? And that's the challenge to you today is as we're looking at and we're talking with Melody Hunter and Luke Andrews today, we're going to talk about some very specific things that we could do in our workplaces to make an impact for Christ. But we need to realize that our Lord and our Savior and our King Jesus Christ, he's asking us to reach out and minister to those people just like he did when he was on the, on the earth. Let me give you a little bit of perspective. I'm a business owner. I work for him as a business. It describes what I do, encouraging Christian business owners and employees to honor God by walking with him in their marriages, their families, and their workplaces. But by day, I'm also an employee with Platinum Information Services. I work with small business owners, providing a cost-effective and efficient unlimited support at a fixed monthly price managed services solution we manage your computers so that you can manage your business it's what i do all day long and as part of that job i surround myself with trustworthy people that i can refer to my clients people that i can refer my clients to that i trust those are who my sponsors are people i trust people that you can trust check out the links to their websites to their emails on two websites, the WTIS1110.com website, and also on the IWorkForHim.com website. That's I work, the number for him. You know, I'm not an expert here. I don't have all the answers. I've made my share of mistakes. I don't stand here be- I- I don't sit here behind this microphone like the person that knows it all about how to be Jesus in your workplace. That's not who I am. I've made so many mistakes. I could write a book more about them than the successes that I've had because I've put my foot in my mouth way too many times. But I'm here to challenge you today that we can make an impact in our workplaces because of who Jesus is, not because of who we are. All right, we have in our studio today, give you a little tickler. And then we have in our studio today, Melody Hunter with Charles Ruttenberg Realty. And we have Luke Andrews with Generation Workers. T- mortgage. Wow, that was terrible. I'll do that better, Luke. Luke Andrews with Generation Mortgage. Hi guys, how you doing? Very Hi, good. Very good. All right, now I want to start off with um, you know, talking about you guys, but before we do that, I wanted to make sure that uh, we just give a little perspective on who Jesus was and how he impacted his workplace, which was just touching people. You know, Matthew uh 9:35 through 38. I'm reading this from the message. Jesus was always commuting or commuting, by foot, from town to town. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies. He healed their bruised and hurt lives. When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. But how few workers! And he commanded them on your knees and pray for harvest hands. Today, we're talking today specifically about how we can make an impact in a workplace. And at the end of the show, we're going to talk about five practical things that Melody and Luke and I have come up with on how we can impact our workplaces. So stay tuned for the end of the show. All right, Melody, ladies first, ladies first. As I say on every show in your advertisement, and as you opened up the show today, you've lived in Pinellas County all your life. It's hard to believe people like you, you almost want to touch them because there's so few. I mean, how many people can you list on one hand that have lived here all your life? Almost none. So, I want to tell our listeners, because most of us have not lived here
1: all our lives, what was it like in Pinellas County a few years back? Hi, Jim. Um, Several years ago, when I uh, was a small child, uh, the beaches were wide open, sandy beaches. There were not condominiums, there were little bungalows. Um, In fact, there's still some bungalows um, in existence, but the beaches were just gorgeous. You could go down Gulf Boulevard and see the water. Now it's pretty difficult to see the water. Uh, There were, the shopping centers were non-existent. Tyrone Mall was not even thought of, Countryside Mall, of course. Uh, And I do have to add a side note, my husband was actually born in Pinellas County as well.
0: Wow. And you're producing children born from Penelope. Pinellas- <laughs> wow. I don't know. That seems kind of weird. All right. So you got second generation in your own family. All right. So when you were, went on the beaches, did they actually still have palm trees on the beaches back then? Yes.
2: Wow. Think about that. It's too bad those all got ripped out. Luke, where did you originate from? I actually, uh, well, first off, I'd like to say hello to my wife, Dana, to my sweet daughter, Riley, and uh, my son, Giovanni. Uh but uh, I'm a I'm a Floridian, so uh me and Mel both fall in that same boat. But I was uh, born in Pensacola and uh lived there till I believe I was a seven or eight, moved to uh Gainesville for a few years when my dad uh I, my dad finished up his master's degree and I became a loyal gator fan. Um, And then moved back to Pensacola for a short time. And then uh, 29 years ago, I've been in uh, Pinellas County residence. Uh, Right now, I'm in Indian Shores, but uh, grew up in Seminole. All right. And you got that Dana plug in there. That's good. All right, Melody,
0: tell us about your family.
1: I would like to give a shout out to my husband, Joe, and my children, Lauren and Kyle. So thank you for that, Luke. Um, I have been married for 28 years to uh, my husband. We met uh, right out of high school. And I have a 24-year-old daughter who is in medical school, finishing her first year. And I have an 18-year-old son, finished his first year at University of South Florida. Uh, He is studying mechanical engineering.
0: All right. So where do you guys, uh, where do you go to church? Melody, where are you going
2: to church?
1: I go to church at Faith Presbyterian in Seminole off of uh, Doomy Road, Walker Avenue.
2: And uh, myself First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks in uh, Largo Florida.
0: yeah it's kind of tough I just going back Melody you can still see the water of Gulf Boulevard uh, when the water was as the waves were as big as they were last Thursday with Andrea you could see the waves that was good. All right. And, and Luke, and I'm embarrassed to say, I had gone to church at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks for like seven years until I met you. That was just yeah. terrible. I and mean, we'd go to the yeah. same church you didn't see. It's just such a big church. I want to start off with just let's talk about how Christ made an impact in your life. Luke, why don't you start us off? How did Jesus make an impact on your life?
2: Well, I can, uh, I guess, go back to where I started even understanding, uh, you know, prayer and, and Christ. Uh, it goes way back to uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom. And, uh, you know, we, she lived in Miami, and we were in Seminole, but uh, for all the holidays and so forth and, and spring breaks, we'd always go down there, down south. And uh, I always remember her praying with us every single night, and she was always, you know, hey, I'll pray for you, I'll do this, quoting scriptures. And I didn't really all get it at that time, but really it was just planting seeds to where I was back in December of 1997 um... you know but there was a lot of time in between there where my mom was always encouraging we always went to church um, but it was never the priority in my life um, you know so back uh... i guess after high school and so forth i went on wanted to find my own way did my own thing um, and then my mom always encouraged me to always go back to church you know come to church come to church well I, I was a I was a DJ so I had a nightlife at one time so but Sunday night was very convenient so I, I could still you know go out and do what I had to do and then go home and, and rest but Sunday night was the night that I started going and then uh, you know for many many months and I would and possibly even a year or so um, there would be times where I knew the Holy Spirit was talking to me you know basically saying commit your life to me today commit your life to Christ and I always just was, ah, I'm ready to put it off, I'm not ready to go forward or raise my hand or, or do those things. Um, but uh, on a Sunday night, a men's night, Pastor, Pastor Keith Scott at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, um, I was sitting up in the balcony, like I always do, out by myself, um, and then that, that time the Holy Spirit just, it was a supernatural Holy Spirit moment, it was for me, um, it actually almost lifted me out of my chair and I went forward. Um, And I didn't really have a say about it. So, And that was December 1997. And then from there, it's just been a slow, slow progression. Um, And then, you know, because I was still DJing at that time through up 2000. um, But it's been a slow progression. And I'm learning more and more each and every day with my walk with Christ. Cool. Great. Thanks for sharing. Melody,
0: your turn. How did Christ make an impact on your life?
1: Well, I was born, and raised in a very um, Christian environment. My parents were very active in the church, and uh, I literally was born, and raised at First Baptist of Indian Rocks. That is my uh, original home church, um, started back in the uh, one of the original small house uh, facilities that Charlie Martin uh, was the pastor at, and uh, hence. My, one of my children were uh, baptized there, and I was married uh, with Charlie Martin. But uh, my walk with Christ was uh, uh, started at an early childhood. My parents were very active in the church and uh, went to many uh, youth camps, summer camps, and I remember vividly around 10 years old just accepting Jesus into my heart and just trying to be a good servant since then. Uh, I tried to carry it out in my work life and uh, carry it through to my family and to my children.
0: Mm, that's cool. I, we, it was in the break time. I just realized that Melody had gone to First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, didn't even know that. So we're all sitting around. Here, the Lord brings people in from all over the place. I mean, my exposure in Indian Rocks happened at Easter in 92. So uh, and I was still in Minnesota at that point in time. All right. Let's talk about what you guys are experts are at. Uh, you guys really understand real estate. Melody, you from the Realtor uh, part also you're a you have an mba uh in finance right was it mba in finance it's finance and then you also uh were an appraiser for a number of years and luke uh, you, a mortgage guy got lots of real estate exposure let's talk about the state of the marketplace because uh, in florida you know I, i've got friends all over the country and one of the things i studied over the last seven years was was it as bad in florida as it was other places well here's the good news if you live somewhere else, it was worse here than almost anywhere else in the country, uh, except maybe Las Vegas, uh, but it was pretty tough here. I mean, my friends in Minnesota lost about 10% house value. You know, We lost a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. So how's the marketplace today? Luke, why don't you start us off?
2: Well, yeah. Just speaking on the mortgage market, um, I mean, these last two months, I'm sure if there's people in the market for refinancing or even purchasing investment properties, you're seeing such a huge spike and increase in rates. I mean, just as little as two months ago, a conventional mortgage, just a straight thirty-year fix, was three point five percent. Today, rates are at four point two five percent. So, from the financing market, I mean, not much is loosened up, and by way of uh, of different programs, it's still Pretty cut and dry. Um, There's no more make sense underwriting uh, back in in the the previous years, Uh, but there are starting to be some new programs that are opening up. There are some lenders doing home equity lines of credit to boost your, you know, your some additional borrowing up to 90%. But uh, you know, the mortgage market is strong. There's still lenders lending. uh, You know, uh, for our for our far. Purposes, uh, we're still getting purchases done in three to four weeks if we need to. Um, typically, most most banks, were, which are my competition, uh, are taking 45 to 60 days. Banks are good. There's nothing wrong with them. They're good people. They're just you know I worked there for a short period of time, uh, but what I have found is uh, being small, being focused, being very niche oriented, uh, we're still able to get things done three to four weeks, start to finish.
0: Well, and you make it sound like okay, wow. I mean, our 30-year rates jumped to 4.25%. I mean, just about anybody in the family that is 50 years old or older thinks, that's not so bad, mm. beats 18. So, <laughs> Melody, talk about real estate. I mean, what's going on in the state of the real estate market?
1: The real estate market has definitely turned. Prices are increasing. Uh, there is actually a shortage of listings. It's becoming a seller's market right now. We're back to doing some bidding wars on properties. Uh, investors are back in the game. Um, and we're seeing uh, uh, just a lack of, lack, and shortage of uh, available properties. And why is that? Do you have any idea? Why, we're, why are we have a shortage of properties? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with some of the homeowners who are, are upside down because of uh, 2005, 2006. They have either decided they would wait it out and see if the prices continue so that maybe they can break even, try to break even. Or I'm seeing a lot of homeowners that have decided just to stay. We'll just fix up our house and we're just going to stay for several more years. Um, and I do see the reason a lot of buyers have decided to purchase for exactly what Luke said. Interest rates are at an all-time low still, and they're fabulous. So a lot of buyers that have been thinking of purchasing are now purchasing. So we have an influx of buyers, but uh, again, a shortage of listings.
0: Is there certain parts of the county that are hot, you guys? I mean, where are you
2: seeing most of the closings happening? Is there a certain area? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll hit mm-hmm. Seminole, right? Yep. Uh, you know, Palm Harbor um you know the uh, bel-air mm-hmm. uh all of your beach properties all your beach cities um but you know in di- different parts of different cities but you know there's always a demand for Seminole, uh palm harbor uh that east lake area mm-hmm. um, where the schools are, yeah, are they, rated good yeah because we're back at zoning so people are still trying right now these are the hot months where you have plenty of buyers trying to get into these school zones um which are these a-rated school zones or highly rated school zones so that makes a difference. The schools are making a big difference. Absolutely. Yes. Well, and we know there's lots of great choices
0: for private education out there as well. Uh, but, okay, so talk to me about uh, what's not selling. What, what are, I mean, I know that it seems like commercial real estate still lagging behind a little bit. What do you know, Melody? What's not selling?
1: Um, The condo market is not selling quite as much as the single-family, in my experience, in dealing with current buyers. um, And I think a lot of it has to do with what Luke said, uh, the school system, the demand for certain school areas, the A-rated schools. And if you have a family moving into town or upsizing uh, for a larger house, typically uh, families want to stay in a single-family home.
2: Anything to add to that, Luke? No, I, th- I think, uh, you know, with, I don't do too much with commercial. That's not really my mm-hmm. forte. But, you know, commercial usually follows the, the, the residential market. So we are seeing, you know, investors getting into the market that are wanting to find the right deal that makes sense to them. You know, commercial is very analytical. It's very scientific, almost, where they're looking for specific returns. And, um, you know, that's not my forte. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I, I'll send that to someone that specializes in it. Is it too late for people to refinance? Uh, no, not necessarily. You know, I always look at it. It's a case-by case, I know you kind of hear the rule of thumb, the 2%, but the, you know, 2% of 100000 is the same thing as 1% of 200000 So I always say, just let me take a look because some people may have taken a loan where they needed mortgage insurance, and now we can refinance out of that mortgage insurance and you don't need to cut that 2% rate. Um, you know, if it's a $250,000 loan and I can save you 1% per year, that, that's a good investment. Um, you know, one of the other things I always like to look at as well, if you're in a 30-year and you're at a certain rate, and I can lower you to a 20 year with a 1% or one and a half percent lower, your payment's almost going to be identical, but you're going to shave off potentially five to 10 years off your mortgage. Mm -hmm. So it's free. You call me, it's free to actually look into it. Um, And I've done that for you, Jim, and I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a it, it was a great eye-opening thing, and it didn't work very good for me to right. be able to refinance because yeah. I had refinanced right at the beginning when rates got lower. Yeah. All right, so yeah. we're gonna get into you know we met each other. I didn't know either Luke or Melody three years ago. We met at the at the Central Pinellas Chamber of Commerce. Uh, it's been a fantastic organization uh, to be involved in. And uh, you know what kind of an impact as being involved in the Central Pinellas Chamber made on your guys's uh, uh, jobs, your what your sales, whatever. Melody. Hmm.
1: Uh, I'm very active in the Central Pinellas Chamber of Commerce. I'm on the board of directors, the executive committee, and um, I I lead up the uh, networking groups that we have within the chamber. It has a tremendous impact on my business. It's a way to meet people, connections, uh, networking opportunities, and all that can lead to potential business.
2: Luke, what about for you? How long have you been involved? Yeah, I've uh, I, this. I believe this is my fourth year that uh, we just started, and uh, yeah, I, I've belonged to the the lunch at Alfano's, um, and I've been, and that is how we met. Um, and then Lars had such a great great comment. Lars Wywin was r- originally heading it up before you. He always said you got to eat, so you might as well eat with someone that can uh, help you out in your business. And then really, it, it's been a great impact for my business. Um, I've met great people, built great relationships, and then we do pass business back and forth. So it's uh, there's. There's all sorts of benefits. It's been fun. I'd never been involved in a chamber of commerce before, and I have really enjoyed just the camaraderie,
0: the friendships. It's it's been fun. Hey, did you guys know that there's now a Christian chamber of commerce as well? Did you guys know that? Yes,
2: yeah, I did. Lori Hill,
0: right? Yeah, Lori Hill started the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay. That is something also I'm involved with. It's very different than the uh, Central Pinellas Chamber of Commerce in that it is a it's really a. Um, a group, obviously there's networking involved, but there's also opportunities to really deepen your faith, to really uh, take a chance to uh, to dig in on a heart-to-heart level with people and hear how Christ made an impact on their life. So I I use both of them for, for growing my Platinum business and the I Work For in business. They're both fantastic, and, and they pair time, you know, piece to piece together. So Tom Morris said at the Central Pinellas Chamber, does a great job. Lori Hill with the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay does a great job, too. All right. So let's talk about how you guys have been able to effectively incorporate Christ into your day to day work life. Um, Melody, why don't we start off with you? Um, How how have you been able to, just the simple things, been able to incorporate your faith into your job?
1: Well, I think with your job and and being a Christian is it provides uh, work integrity. Um, I think people can see that you have a good work ethic. You try to um, uh, if you have the opportunity, you certainly try to give your testimony to clients. And you uh, just, it's a great opportunity to share your faith. It's a great opportunity to uh, have people notice that possibly you do act different. Uh, your work ethic is possibly different, uh, just the way you handle yourself, your prof- professionalism, and uh, just uh, the way you carry yourself and your mannerisms.
0: Luke, what about you? How have you been able to incorporate it into your day-to-day in the mortgage business?
2: Yeah, well, um, I think one of the biggest things is I, I've never been a great uh, person that can can quote scriptures and that can apply scriptures. Uh, but what I do always remember about Christ uh, is he was full of love. Um, so, so one of the things that I always try to emulate is love. You know, God gave me a, a gift of compassion. Um, so when I'm when I'm able to to, to work with someone one on one, I'm patient. You know, um, whenever someone has a good day, I'm joyful with them. Um, if someone is uh, you know needs uh, needs a hug, needs a handshake, needs some encouragement, I'm there to do it for them. Um, that's definitely one of the gifts that God has given me, and I try to use that uh, at the best of my ability. Um, you know, more importantly, uh, people are more concerned. Concerned about what you do versus what you say. Um, and i 'm a big proponent of that. I always try to lead people the right way. I try to do things the right way uh, i always I always if I say i 'm going to do something, I always do it at the time i 'm going to do it. Um, I always return my calls. I always follow up. you know I just try to treat people as family the same way I would want to be treated in the same way Christ treated us all with love all right so you both
0: operate though in a dog eat dog world out there i mean the, the real estate business with mortgages i mean literally. Well, there's a lot less crooks today in the business because they all they couldn't handle you know staying behind in the last six years. But it is a business where people it's a, it's voracious in the competition. How do you maintain your edge when you know when you're trying to incorporate your faith at the same time? I mean, do you find that maintaining your edge as the lead of the pack, as I think you two guys are, uh, how do, does that cause you to uh, to not be at the lead of the pack because of your faith?
2: Oh, not at all. I, you know, I don't. I actually, I have, I have, I wear it on my sleeve. You know, every opportunity that I get. Um, you know, I, I've got, you know, Pandora playing on my, uh, my, my radio in my office. I'm always, you know, asking people if which channel pray. on Pandora. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, which channel? Okay, it's Pandora. Pandora's got you know, like a thousand channels. Yeah. Well, I do Christian radio. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, but I'm always trying to just to be the light of Christ in everything that I do. and people know that about me, they trust me. They know that if if they do hand someone off to me. I'm going to take meticulous care with them. I'm going to be patient with them. I'm, always, I'm never going to give up. I mean, that's one big thing. Um, but I'm ethical. Everything that I say is what I do. Um, it doesn't give me a disadvantage, especially in the mortgage market. And I'm sure Mel will also uh, add some to this. But uh, this is a very dog-eat-dog world, but it's not very hard to stick out. If you do what you say, when you say you're going to do it, if you're honest, uh, and you just give real, honest answers, and you don't, you know, you don't tell them what they'd like to hear. You tell them what they have to hear. Um, people respect that, and they appreciate that. And that, that's that's how I do it. And Melody, there's, I mean,
0: it is so prevalent among realtors. You know, realtors trying to steal a listing or try to steal a customer through an open house or whatever that may be. How do you maintain your edge? I mean, you've got your face on bus uh, uh, bus stops, uh, which is, you know, she's famous. So anybody ever drives down Park Boulevard, you want to know what Melody looks like? She's got her <laughs> face right there on a par- on a bus bench. (laughs) which is, she's famous. Everybody knows what Melody Hunter looks like. All right, so how do you maintain that edge in in such a competitive world?
1: Well, I piggyback onto what Luke said exactly. It it goes back to the ethics. Um, I've hired marketing companies uh, to send out uh, flyers, brochures, postcards to try to generate business. And uh, the marketing gal that I use currently Uh, we've tracked where my business comes from and truly 98 to 98 98 to 99 percent of my business truly comes from referrals in past business so right there it tells you uh, about your work ethic your integrity and and how you provide service to your clients
0: well and and referrals says it all if you're getting referrals it means you're treating people right and that's really what jesus was Mm -hmm. calling us to do treat people the way He treated them not the way we'd like to be treated, the way Jesus treated people. Okay, so you both have dealt with irate customers because when you get down to a closing, there's so much tension. First of all, on the mortgage side, it always seems like not Luke, but a lot of mortgage people (laughs) lose the paperwork right before the closing, so you got to redo stuff. And Melody, it's that it's you know in your world right now, you're dealing with a lot of bank uh, foreclosures, so you're having to closings get put off and put off, put off. How do you deal with those customers in a Christ-like
2: manner when they are screaming mad? Yeah, just honesty you know it's it's you know I, I think it comes with experience because I have been in the business so long there aren't too many things that I haven't seen especially dealing with closings and why things are being held up um, but being able to explain yourself in a professional manager and it always goes back to follow-up you know if your client calls you it at, at, at 9 a.m. and leaves you a message don't wait three or four days to get back to them you know I immediately respond if I'm available but they're always called back that same day very 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 rarely will something get pushed to the following business day. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen. I mean, that—that's in my opinion, that's the benefit of working with a small, local broker versus maybe someone a little bit larger that's got a lot of other baggage with them. Now, Melody, you're dealing with a lot more banks today
0: than normal sellers, and we like to say that because banks aren't normal. But you're dealing with a lot of normal, a lot of abnormal sellers. These banks, and nothing ever moves smoothly when you're dealing with these foreclosures. How do you deal with the customers, and what what about your faith in Christ affects how you take care of those customers when they are in that panic mode where they think they're going to lose a deal?
1: Well, I, again, piggybacking onto what Luke said is is honesty. Um, I think the best thing is is to tell the client the truth, hey, we're not closing today because, and you tell them in a timely manner, you don't hide things, you don't wait two days to return their phone calls. People do appreciate the truth, and, and typically it's, it's not the realtor's fault or the mortgage broker's fault, it's something with the lender or the bank, um, a glitch. So if you explain that to the client, typically they'll get the house, it just may be a week or a couple of days later, but uh, I think honesty is the best policy, and uh, just explain everything up front.
0: Now, both of you are, you know, you've got websites named after yourself. So I think that's great. So, Melody, what is your website? So people want to get a hold of you. What is your website?
2: Melforyou.com. So Mel, the number 4U.com. And Luke, what about you? It's uh, Luke-Andrews.com. Not lukeandrews.com. There's a famous wood carver called Luke Andrews. It's luke-andrews.com. Luke-andrews.com and mel right, so that's fantastic.
0: Okay, so in the final segment, here's my goal. Just listen up. Here's my hope for you, the listener, is that you will come away with one practical idea you can implement into your workplace tomorrow to make an impact for Christ. So I've got two lists here. I've got a list for the Christian business owner, and then I've got a list for the Christian employee. So maybe you don't have to own a business to make an impact. But I got a couple of things that I want to say. This is not about evangelism. This is not about being uh, like Luke said earlier. You don't have to memorize scripture and throw it at people. This is not about being preachy because preachy Christians that throw verses at people, they don't make an impact in the workplace People don't like it. They need to see that your heart is real. They need to see the impact that Jesus has made in your life. And then you got to give them opportunities to ask questions. And that's when you can tell them about how, what an impact Jesus has made in your life. Don't argue about Christianity with them. The one thing that they can't argue is they can't argue about the change that Jesus has made in your life personally. They can't refute it. They can argue about all kinds of other things that they don't know anything about, but they can't refute that Jesus has made an impact on your life, and here's what it looks like. Okay, so here's our list. Here's the list. First, for the Christian business owner. Actually, and this one applies also to the Christian employee. And melody and luke i want to invite you to, to join in the conversation we, we've come together on this we've talked through it a little bit but the first suggestion is to pr- put up artwork or things in your cubicle or on your walls that that will create a conversation so intentional artwork that maybe has a bible verse on it or maybe has a really interesting
2: picture on it you know what do you guys think about that yeah i uh i i confer i um you know one of the things that i do and i think i might have mentioned it earlier is I'm, i've always you know I've, I've got my music playing it's something that Gets me through the day, um, and I, I do. I have it, a Christian music on my, my my laptop, so it's playing all throughout the day, um, and it's just something that I've grown accustomed to. I think it's perfect. Yep.
0: And Melody's got a walking advertiser. She's got a cross necklace on, and it's the new kind of cross necklace where the cross is sideways. I know my wife sells them at, at Karis Christian Bookstore, which we'll talk about her in a little while. But so, Melody, those things create interesting conversations when, when people see that. What, what have people have asked you? Have they asked you about your sideways cross yet?
1: I get more compliments than anything. People say they love it. And I do keep it my car 24-7. I have a uh, Christian radio station, Pandora. It's Michael W. Smith. A radio station, and I listen to that every time I'm in my car and if I have clients in there, in my car, I, I never change the channel.
0: Michael W. Smith, my favorite. I saw him when he was warming up for Amy Grant at the Minneapolis Convention Center in 1982. I mean, he was a no-name in 1982, and yes, that means I'm old. Okay, number two suggestion is, and again, applies to both the Christian business owner and the employee, pay attention to the emotional levels of the people that you work with. Notice when things are different than they're normal. It gives you an opportunity to say, hey, what's going on? You don't seem like yourself today. Do you want to talk about it? And if they talk about it, at the end of it, you could say, don't say this. Don't say, well, I'll pray for you. Don't say that. Say, can I pray with you now. It makes such a huge impact when you pray with people and you can ask them, you ask them, can I pray with you now? If they say no, then you can say fine, I'll pray with you and I'll check back with you because you can check back on those prayer requests but both of those things, we're trying to create conversations and and get people's attention All right, as a Christian business owner when you're doing employee reviews ask them how how you can pray for your people during the next quarter Uh, you could also, maybe this is a huge thing, marriages in our country are under attack and we're going to talk about that on the July 8th show, we're going to talk all about marriages and business. But as a business owner, you can provide scholarships to marriage retreats for your married employees so they can find out what a real marriage in Christ is supposed to look like. And finally, the Christian business owner... Host a company picnic. Everybody loves to eat, and at the picnic, take an opportunity and share your faith. What do you guys think about those? I love yeah. it.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a great challenge. You know, not just saying because I tell people all the time, yeah, I'm going to pray for you. You know, but I think the challenge really is is taking that 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, put your hand on their shoulder, hold their hand, and say, listen, let's let's pray about this now. This is important. Yeah, and I got to tell you, that's only in the last three years that I've just stopped saying, I'll pray
0: for you. Mm-hmm. To let me pray for you right now, and it's, it's a been the challenge. job. My last three years is I've had my job with Platinum, and I'm networking with hundreds and hundreds of people that have had that opportunity. All right, for the Christ-following employee, again, work hard. Don't complain. Get in, Don't get involved in office gossip. Root for the underdog and be an encourager. Those are just behavioral kind of things that make a difference. People will notice you're not participating with the pack. That's a huge thing. But, again, be intentional about creating relationships with people at work outside of the office, where you can talk about real-life things when there's not the pressure of the day-to-day stuff. But how how about this one, Melody? Be willing to meet with other Christians in the office for a morning Bible study, something short and intentional, but don't let it conflict with your work. Is that a good suggestion?
1: It's a great suggestion. In in my business, I don't have many employees, and I don't have an office that I go to, per se. I work out of my house, but I'm always on the road meeting people, showing houses, but uh, through my job, I've been very privileged to meet many clients that have become dear friends, and we do get together, and we have uh, quality time. Uh, I do girls' night at my house periodically, and I have just, through my job, met many, many uh, uh, people who are Christians, Uh, great relationships have come out of my job. And so I think that's a huge blessing. It's just you have the opportunity to meet new people and develop these relationships.
0: All right. For my listeners out there, those 10 suggestions, five for the employee, five for the business owner. Those will be posted on Facebook tonight. So look out there if you didn't get a chance to write them down while you're driving. But my top number one, just create conversations by noticing how people are acting and put up some artwork, do something that causes a conversation. All right. The next section of our program brought to you every week by Karis Christian books and gifts each week. We like to highlight a book that can help you and, Incorporate Christ into your workplace. Karis Christian Books is located inside the First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks in Largo, right there on Almerton Road. They've got a 2,400-square-foot store that's open seven days a week. Check them out online at shop and that's shop c-h-a-r-i-s dot com shopcaris.com alright the book we're highlighting today is called The Mulligan and it's great for you people out there that love to golf like Luke and myself I actually, I'm not a good golfer Luke's a pretty good golfer but it's all about the fact that it, it, the mulligan is though you get a second chance at a shot when you've screwed it up In life, we get a second chance. That second chance, the ultimate mulligan, is through Jesus Christ. And this book's written by Ken Blanchard, who also wrote The One Minute Manager. And it's a fantastic book about getting that second chance in life. All right. Next week on the I Work For Him show. 5 o'clock, Monday night, right here on Inspiration AM 1110 WTIS. We've got Dave Palm and Dave Cruz with Cross Plan Money Management. We're going to be talking with them about money, of course, but how God entrusted to us as stewards and not owners and how that should impact our lives. All right, are you willing to pray and ask God to use you in your workplace? Are you willing to be transparent in your workplace so that God can use you or your good or bad example to glorify Him? Because we have both, both good and bad examples. What's one thing out of that list we talked about today that you can use tomorrow to start making an impact on your workplace for Christ? All right, I want to thank Melody Hunter with Charles Ruttenberg Realty for being on the show. Melody, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Jim. All right, check out our website, mel4u.com. That's mel4u.com. And also thanks Luke Andrews with Generation Mortgage. Being on the show today. Luke, Uh, appreciate
2: uh, it. Yeah, very honored. I appreciate it very much,
0: Jim. All right, check out Luke at Luke-Andrews.com. Luke-Andrews.com. That's his website. Please also check out our website, the IWorkForHim.com dot com website i work number for him dot com there's all kinds of great resources on the site and links to all of our show sponsors including the link to mel for you.com melody hunters and luke dash andrews.com both of their links are on our website also check out us on facebook check out I Work For Him on Facebook. I'd love for you to like me. The 120th person to like I Work For Him will get the free copy of The Mulligan. All right, finally, I want to get people on the show who are allowing Christ to make an impact on their lives in their workplace by allowing the transformational power of Jesus Christ to impact them and their family in their workplace. I need you to introduce them to me. That's Jim at IWorkForHim.com. Jim at IWorkForHim.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, I own my own business, and I'm an employee. I work for him.